Your Authentic Self is a podcast designed to guide you towards a deeper, more rewarding life by nurturing your emotional, mental, physical and spiritual well-being. We're thrilled to take you on this journey. Welcome to today's episode. Hello, welcome to another episode of Your Authentic Self podcast. And today, Lee and I are joined by a guest and we have Tara Sundry joining us from Canada. So thank you, Tara Sundry, for joining us today. It's really good of you to take the time, especially as it's the middle of the night there. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's my pleasure. I'm, um, I'm really honoured to be here. Uh, but I, I live in Australia and I'm just vacationing in Canada. Um, and uh, I messed up the timing. So I thought it was going to be 2pm and we'd be on the ski slopes or skating or something. And I'd just take an hour out of my, my time there. And actually, it's the middle of the night. So mm-hmm. I'm hiding in a bathroom. You see the towel behind me? I'm hiding in a bathroom so as not to disturb my kids because we're in a hotel. Oh, well, we really appreciate you making it work, even if it's in the hotel bathroom. It's really good to join us. So, yeah. um, so just, just to introduce you to, to the people who are watching or listening to this, it's quite a, um, a resume that I've got here for you. So I'll take a deep breath. And this is this is what I've, I know about you so far. right? So I've got that you're a writer, mother and a life coach a best-selling contributing author of The Successful Woman's Mindset, a Kundalini yoga teacher, a woman's health and sexual empowerment mentor, a massage therapist, and you facilitate retreats in person and online, all alongside being the founder of the Kundalini for for Women Massage Training Academy, where you train women in all things related to Kundalini massage, yoga, body health, sexual empowerment, um, and a mother of two children. (laughs) <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, that's kind of like a lot, isn't it? <laughs> it is a lot. Does it sound like a lot hearing it read back to you like that? Oh, it's funny when you read it back. Um, I, I, it's. I think things just evolve. You know, that's how that's how my life has evolved mm. <laughs> into to doing all of those things, and they all tie into one another, right? Uh, because we are. Um, Ultimately, uh, I find, uh, and in fact, funny thing is when you say all that, I guess the thing where where I put most of my time these days isn't mentioned in there. Oh, isn't that interesting? Which is, which is the, the um, Vedic counselling. Okay. Uh, but um, I, um, we're intimate beings. That's what it comes down to. And so it all ties in together through that because um, I I believe that we uh, intimacy is a primary need, like you know, water and shelter and what have you. We, um, we I tend to say we can live without it, but we can't thrive without it. But in fact, it is a primary need, and and it's been proven that we actually can't even live without it. We start to 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 die without intimacy, you know. And and uh, it was shown in studies many many years ago with um, babies in orphanages. Yeah, that a random study, really, but uh, where you know they had babies that were given attention and babies that weren't, yeah, and uh, yeah, so, so you know, it is when a you say intimacy. It sounds to me like you're, you're actually kind of talking about connection as opposed to sex. So, so intimacy yeah. is, is that so, right? 
Yeah, no, it's really true. So there's many layers of intimacy, and um, uh, the the real true need exactly is not is not sexual. So so intimacy in the West, we think of intimacy as as sex, mm. and it's not. You know, we can have we can have sex without intimacy, and we can have intimacy without sex. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and 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 it, that's a really interesting thing because what I was going to say is 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 sitting here in my my pajamas <laughs> in a bathroom in Canada reminds me of of a um I did a six part TV series uh, several years ago uh, on intimacy it was a, a US series and wow. uh, and uh, I, it was very um, Paula Yates influence let's say I I you know I was I I was sat in the in a bedroom with a big bed head behind me and in in lingerie you know talking about intimacy but the whole point of it was every episode was about a different type of intimacy and wow. um, one of them was even intimacy in the boardroom you know wow. uh, because, because our intimacy and our need for our need for intimacy and how we receive it and how we show it affects how we communicate with everybody in our life yeah yeah it's quite a statement yeah so it's, it's not it's really it can be to do with sex but it's not just about sex no. and that's what, what i'm about I wanted to make that point because I just thought anyone listening into this might kind of, you know, kind of equate intimacy with sex and then they might have a, a different understanding of what we're talking about. So, I, I mean, for me, intimacy is connection, which could be talking about a problem. I mean, it could be just sitting alongside someone. It's, I think it's for me, it's about human connection. It sounds like you're kind of. Absolutely. And it's about connection. It's about being being heard, being valued, being um, validated. Mm. Yeah. And just receiving, yeah, receiving heart-centered love. Yeah. And that understanding our understanding of intimacy. Pardon? Sorry, go on, go on and tell us something. I was just going to ask Lee if that's his understanding of intimacy as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no. But what, what, what you both were saying, really, is uh, that's uh, something that I uh, speak about, is uh, not just a bit like yourself, uh, Tara Sundry, what you were saying, it's um, it can be about sexual, but it, it's, for me, intimacy at times is a lot deeper in that, you know, it's a, it's about, I think you've mentioned it now, I think it's uh, having a connection with someone, you don't even have to be speaking and have a connection with somebody, you know, just your, because all we are is a massive energy, you know, yeah. so, and I know that our heart can be felt from two metres away, you know so so people can actually feel connection between us so it can just be through silence through energy through verbalization you know through support kindness compassion and then obviously all the way through to physical touch mm. you know, and uh, but it's just that human connection mm. you're saying mark as well that can be um derived in many, many different forms but it's uh but i agree what you were saying Terry sundry it's uh it, it's definitely an, an innate for me, I believe in an innate need uh, as mm. human beings, mm. you know, and yeah, uh, yeah. it's very primitive. You know, we 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 needed connection, support to survive many many years ago, and I think that's mm. where it's it's funded funded from. It is. It's totally about survival, and um, and I guess in everything that I do, it's about bringing together that that heart center connection, which is as you said so beautifully, um, Lee that. It's what we are. It makes up what we are. It's our energy. It affects how our energy works. And uh, we heal through it. We grow through intimacy. We heal with it. Uh, I, I I, won't go into it here unless you want me to, but 
I healed stomach cancer with intimacy. Yeah, with vibration and intimacy. That was it, you know, so love. So fascinating. It's it's really, it does make us thrive. I hear you saying that. I'm almost thinking, like, how could we not ask a bit more about that? Because that's, that's quite, a, quite a claim, isn't it? Do you, do you feel comfortable to share a little bit about comfortable sharing it it's yeah. it, it's um it's i guess it's going off on a bit of a tangent but it is, it's, yeah um, it's, it's gone a mini tangent because that sounds fascinating <laughs> okay so i i am trained as a naturopath and clinical nutritionist and massage therapist basic counselor all these things and i sat there and i thought i didn't even treat myself i didn't go down the western medicine path but i didn't even go down the naturopathic path with herbal medicines and stuff because i thought our bodies have an innate capacity to heal and our bodies are designed to create life, not to destroy it. And everything we do to treat cancer attacks the body. So therefore it's attacking us, it's destroying us. Um, And so I felt that all I really need to do is raise my vibrational frequency so that my body can heal itself. It's not it currently doesn't have capacity to heal because it's, you know, it's of such a low vibration. Now, when I started treatment, this was very aggressive cancer. And by the time I was diagnosed and knew what was going on, I had started to die. It was, but you know, everyone believed it was palliative. Um, I'd had people moving to look after me. Um, I had, I was down to 40 kilos in weight. I hadn't kept food down for a month. I was very gray in color. And uh, and I just decided that um, what would be would be, but I wasn't going to attack the body. I was going to allow the body to do its thing. Wow. And, uh, I I had a, a friend with a massage table that's strung underneath like a harp. It's called a monochord. Mm-hmm. And it, it it resonates. You know, she plays it like a harp and it resonates uh, through every cell in the body because all the layers of timber mm-hmm. vibrate. It's fascinating. And I used that. And that raise my frequency enough that I could keep juices down. So I lived on the the juice of red dragon fruit and red beetroot, all organic, juiced, and homemade bone broths. And that was it for 12 weeks. Uh, and just love. I was surrounded by so much mm. love. I had people, uh, I had farmers providing the organic produce for free. I had people picking it up and delivering it to me. I had uh Someone turned up on my doorstep, who at the time I didn't know terribly well, turned up on the doorstep and just said, I'm here. You don't need to do a thing. She'd left her home, her work, everything, and just turned up to to be there to help look after my kids who are still young and my to, to run me to appointments and to, to look after the house and just be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, you know, I had people putting money in my account. I had just, I just... I just had love around me and I honestly believe that was a big part of being cured and allowing me to surrender, to allow my body to do what it needed to do because I just realised that it may not look how I want it to look, but I have everything that I need, including love. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And so are you okay now? I take it you're cancer-free. One ways to cure it. That was it. That's quite something, isn't it? It's quite an inspiring tale. But, you know, I, I, I haven't really talked about this much because I guess I've been a bit afraid that people might think I'm mad. But my, my take on, on kind of things like cancer or even COVID when I had that a couple of years ago was 
this this is just a living thing and i bet that this living thing will respond to love in the way that all living things respond to love and so i remember i was i had covid and i was sat outside breathing and i was imagining that this the 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 outgraph that the virus would be trans transmuted through me but with love and do you know what I mean? So that, like, obviously it would be passed on when it into the world because obviously that's what it did. And I was just loving it as it went out. So I was hoping that it would send love as opposed to illness or death, you know. And, and I don't know, I just sat for a long time just sending the, the breath out with love, you know, with, with the intention of love going to the, the virus or the cells. And, um, yeah, hearing that's you say awesome. that, maybe I wasn't so mad after all. No, that's so beautiful. That really touches me because um, it is. That's what we're all about. Yeah, and the body, that's what the body needs. And being sick is being sick is just um it's actually a natural process that our body does require. Mm. I I know for me this is a a little bit different, but it's a um, similar thing because we're talking about um you know self-compassion and love and obviously receiving it from outside, but we're we're talking about uh yourself, uh Terra Sunday there, and obviously yourself Mark there talking about disease or or virus. Mm. But uh, even personally for myself or when I've worked with people uh, and you, you go to uh, even talking to something like uh, anxiety, you know, I know it's not a disease or um, or a virus. But what people do at sometimes is try to wrestle and try to fight and try to get away. And it makes the situation a whole lot worse. You know, your body doesn't is not reacting to that very well. So ways I'm working out for me personally and, and, and working with people is, is actually have compassion. I'm going to talk just about the anxiety for the minute. Have compassion for the anxiety. Allow it to have its own space, and and you can and you can get through this together. And uh, even through personal work, people actually that that dissolves and actually it makes it a little bit more relieving, you know. And um, so I know it's a little bit different from the disease and the virus, but it's the same thing. I think that self compassion, that love, and the opening of the heart around um, the, the difficulties makes mm. things a lot more relieving. You know, and yeah. uh, just with just with that self compassion, you know, and uh, makes it makes it more bearable, more manageable. It's almost like we're talking about. You know, I think your your story initially, Tara Sundry, was about the love and the intimacy that you gained from your your people who are around and supporting you. But we're also talking now, I guess, about like almost like intimacy with self, aren't we? You know, like loving ourselves and connecting to ourselves. Very much so, and it's it's fascinating that we've ended up here because that's um. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to get across today right. in, in this discussion was, was how it always starts with self. It right. is always about self, always about self, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, I treat couples a lot and um, it's, it's, it's never about the two of them. It's about each as an individual first. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All about problems start with self. <laughs> Sorry, it's all about... All of our problems start with self. Yeah, absolutely. All yeah. of our solutions start with self. Yeah, it's lovely. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm glad we went off on that little tangent there. That was just such a valuable um, exploration. And I was just thinking about how we use like disconnecting language. You know, so we we might talk about. Um, you know, our, our cancer, for example, in a really hateful, angry way, almost like we're trying to disconnect from it or, mm-hmm. you know, my, my bad knee or, you know, we, we talk about these these problems that we might experience in, in our in our emotional or physical selves, don't we? We talk about it in like a derogatory way. 
and I understand it because you know who wants a bad knee or who who wants cancer but it's like what would happen if we connected to it in a more intimate way what would happen if we used more connecting or intimate language rather than disconnecting language we, we live in such a disconnected world where we are disconnected disconnected not just from others but we are so disconnected from self um and uh you're so right because when we when we reconnect with ourselves, we start to learn that why why is my body experiencing this? Why is my being myself experiencing it? Mm. Um, surrender to it and embrace it. Mm. And see what comes. I mean, some it's over twenty years ago now. I was diagnosed with um, gallstones, and I saw the scan. There's a lot of gallstones, or there was in my gallbladder. And and of course, the the surgeon said, you know, you, the doctor said, you, know, you really need to have your gallbladder out as a danger of fatality. And I knew I didn't need that that operation. And so I I hadn't framed it like this until today. But I got intimate with my gallbladder. And so just I started to have conversations with it and, you know, I said, what's going on? What's your message for me? What do you need? What do you need me to know? And had these kind of dialogues with it. And um, honestly, I've not had any gallbladder pain for probably about 20 years, 18, 20 years, something like that. And I, I haven't um, done any treatments. I haven't had any medical intervention. I just I just got intimate with my gallbladder, I guess. Fascinating. Isn't it? Oh, thanks for that. That's a, that's a really interesting discussion. So what about, you, you say there that you're a, um, a spiritual relationship counsellor. I think the word was, was it Orvedic? Orvedic, yeah. Orvedic, sorry, Orvedic counsellor, yeah. Can you, can you tell us about that? I'm, I'm not familiar with what that, that term Okay, so it's, I mean, so it's counselling, but with, with a very strong uh, influence of, uh, from yogic philosophy. I guess, uh, calling on uh, Buddhism philosophies, Hindu philosophies, Taoist philosophies. Uh, so, so, yeah, it's very influenced by, by a lot of what we've been talking about. So, so uh, it's relationship counselling, but I feel uh, very much a personal growth thing as well. Mm. Um, I can counsel other areas as well, like I work with a lot of children as well. But um, the the... It comes back to uh, using, like I said, the Vedic philosophies. Uh, so we we start with the self, and um, we do. I do uh, Vedic astrology readings as well to determine uh, with individuals uh, where their strengths and weaknesses lie, so that we can use those. We can work on those because we are who we are at the mm. core, right? We have found certain foundations, and and if we know the strengths of those foundations and the weaknesses, we can actually work with those. It's not about going, okay, this is this is um, what you are, but mm. it's about knowing how we work best, mm. yeah, what, how, how to be most in the flow and where our real strengths are. So and when we then look at partnerships and, and obviously relationship counselling, it's based on partnerships, um, in intimate partnerships, but, but we are... Uh, uh, you know, it is also about the workplace and friendships and family and what have you, because every interaction we have with a human being is a relationship. Mm. Um, so uh, then we look at partnerships and we do the Vedic readings together and work out uh, where we can uh, compensate, I guess. And, you know, 
that this person's strengths could be your weaknesses and vice versa and how we can flow best together yeah so that uh so so it's really fascinating when we start to bring those things in and i find that in in I'm going to say all instances. <laughs> oh, in, that in? No, matter, no matter what the problems are that couples come to me with, ultimately it's the individual's trauma bouncing off the other person. Yeah. Sorry, so did, way, did you say in all yeah. instances that that's the case? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I would agree. Yeah. We all go through trauma. We might not even be aware that we have these traumas, you know. And and like to a kid, the loss of a balloon is a trauma, right? It's a massive because that balloons their whole world when they're two. Balloons their entire world. Yeah. And it creates massive trauma inside them. We are designed to undergo trauma. Yeah, it creates change. However, we are we you mentioned the term disconnected before. We have become so disconnected that we don't realize when we're experiencing traumas and we don't know how to process them. Mm. So they stay within us until we learn how to process them. And because these traumas stay within us and we don't grow through them, we start to reflect them off the people we're interacting with. Mm. So the people we're closest with, of course, are who we bounce them off the most. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so they, they, it's our traumas that impact our relationships. Absolutely. So, so, how, so, yeah, sorry, Karen. Uh, no, no, no. I've got a question after that. <laughs> no, yeah, also, yeah, it's really interesting. I really, um, you know, and I'm alongside you about um, people's uh, traumas coming into the relationship. So, when 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 you're with, with the, the the couples within this, and this comes up, so then, how do you work with that? What what do you, what do you find beneficial to work with them alongside that? It's having to, so, so this is where I guess what I do is a little bit different because they, people that see me have to be willing to, to do their own personal growth work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not just coming to see me to, to resolve how you're going to overcome your little problems with each other. We actually have to overcome our own traumas within first. Yeah, yeah. And then and then we put that together with how we're going to interact with each other and how we're going to lift one another up and support. Because I believe in a relationship, we're just walking side by side. We're still living out. You know, I'm still on my journey. My partner's still on their journey. And my role is to find a way where I can walk by their side and support them on their journey yeah. while they support me on my journey yeah. by holding me up. Yeah, and yeah. and giving me that heart-centered connection. So um, it's finding a way. Sorry, Lee, it is the middle of the night, so I'm going to ask you to repeat your question so that I don't go off on a tangent. <laughs> That's actually fine. I, I know it's probably about half past two in the morning now there for you. But um, okay. no, so I think you were starting to answer the question and, and um, you know, and, and I believe that too. I think what we went back to just now is that at first it's people taking responsibility for their own self first and foremost and being compassionate around that and dealing with their own internal uh, struggles or dialogues. Um, but my, going back to the question was, yeah, so I think you started to answer really, how do you, yeah. when you've got a couple that um, are starting to uh, 
understand a little bit about themselves or each other it's is there a certain way then that you work with them then yes yeah yeah and and obviously you know um yeah look it's nearly it's to be honest the starting point in particular is nearly always the same and uh you know i i deal with couples as well with fertility um and and it's really fascinating because again it starts with themselves If no fertility is a, you know, it requires the the duality. It starts with each individual self, and it starts with traumas. Yeah. Can you say more about that, that Teresandra? I'm just imagining people listening who might have um, fertility issues, and their their ears might be pricked up at that point. It's like, what? My trauma um, is impacting on my fertility. It, yeah, totally, totally. Um, it's it's really fascinating. Uh, I I don't believe. In infertility, so you'll notice I use the term fertility. I work with fertility, not infertility. Infertility is created by our lifestyle factors. um, And there's the very occasional, in which case I can't help, there's there's been some some form of physical trauma where there's a blockage, let's say, to to a fallopian tube or uh, a blockage in in the men so that sperm can't get out. Um, and obviously, in that case, yes, you require intervention. Yeah. But uh, I have a 98% success rate, uh, which is massive. Wow. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, even IVF can't boast that. But it's only when I work with the, the two in the couple, the whole couple, and, and I will only work with the with the two. I won't just work with one partner. And uh, and we do that, and we do the entire process, and that includes not just doing the, the the herbal medicines what have you but and, and balancing the herbs but it, i mean the hormones but it requires the emotional component which is the counseling and there is always underlying stresses that stress impacts our body in ways we are not even aware of we don't even realize that these days the high adrenal states in which we are constantly living and our body is our body's designed to undergo stress, right? It's, it can actually yeah. be a good thing for us, but only in short, sharp doses. Yeah. Our body's not designed to undergo continual stress. And when it does, it alters everything. And it alters, it starts with our glandular system. And it starts with the, the pineal gland, which is our master gland, which controls and regulates every other gland, and it controls and regulates our fertility. And so stress. Uh, physical stresses as well, like toxins in the environment and all, but but mental and emotional stress as we go through it in life and it becomes normal and standard. And so we don't realise we're living in the high elevated stress states constantly changes how our body is functioning internally. And so as we start to touch on the underlying layers of of traumas that people aren't even aware that they have, um, and I don't... no, I don't do all this, 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 um, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, by the way, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, childhood, uh, uh, inner child work and, and right. journeying back into our trauma. I don't believe we need to relive it and relive it and relive it because that mm. creates the inner stress again. It creates that stress response. Yeah. yeah? But it's about uh, changing the impact that the stress has had on our body. That's mm. what I would. Wow. Something I get a sense as you're, as you're describing that almost like there's some kind of energy that that shifts or unblocks or starts to move in a different way, um, which, which might facilitate more yeah, of a connection. Energy, aren't we? 
<laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. I'm really inspired by the way that you you work with couples and and work with fertility issues. I used to work with couples. Uh, Lee and I are a therapist too, and I used to work with couples, and it would always go something like this, you know what one partner would be blaming the other for their weaknesses while the other was almost like victim of the blame of the other and I don't know for example like you know someone's really organized and the partner really isn't and and it's like you know you should be more organized and it's like yeah but I really struggle and I can't and and, and I just found it really really difficult to work with so I actually stopped working with couples but it sounds like you have a very different approach that um I don't know, it just felt like it, it kind of facilitated more connection than maybe I was able to when I was working with couples. It's it's why that's where the the I think the the Vedic and yogic philosophy comes in and it it changes the approach completely. Um and uh it all started many years ago, uh, when I was uh, you know, first trained as a naturopath and I I uh, my specialty was fertility, and these couples would come in and they'd be so stressed intimately. This is how my whole journey evolved uh, because everything became about the calendar, you know. We're working to a clock here, right? You know, this is this is the time when she's most fertile. And so suddenly it lost it, all its intimacy and then they lose their connection and then they get more and more stressed trying to get pregnant. And then, of course, the, the, the stress comes yeah. into all areas of their life and, mm. oh, and on and on it goes. And, and uh, that was what led me down this path in the first place. And... Um, because I realised that what started as such a beautiful connection between two people, so beautiful that they wanted to cre create more life through this and bring in more love, was actually destroying their connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I thought, how can we? I, I had to find ways to recreate that connection to eliminate the stresses that were affecting their fertility, right? Mm. And and uh, it took me many years to really be able to find what what would work there. Mm. Um, and it was through my Kundalini yoga practices that I started to develop an understanding of the the deeper level of connection there. And and so yeah, I work with okay, we can blame each other all we like, and that's wonderful. We we're all guilty of doing this with other people, but. But at the end of the day, there's no solution there. The solution comes from understanding mm. who I am at a deeper core and what my intimate needs are. Yeah. And understanding that my only role in this relationship with that person is not to, to make them meet my needs, but to understand how they can support me while I meet my needs. Yeah. Then I can't blame them for anything right. because I'm solely responsible for meeting my needs, not them. And they're they're to support and love me. Yeah, and and to, to know what your needs are and to have the ability to meet them yourself while somebody else, I love that phrase from earlier, you know, walks alongside and they could support you in the meeting of your own needs. But I think so often in my experience uh, in couples work and in working with people on a one-to-one -one is they blame. It's all it's too much blame. There's like, you know, my partner's this or they're not enough that. And it's like, well, actually you could take responsibility for those needs and try and get them met somehow yourself um, yeah. rather than blame the other person for not doing it or doing it badly or whatever their, their blame is. Yeah. Blame gets in the way a lot, I found. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Victimisation. What happens yeah. when we're blaming people is we're turning ourselves into a victim. Yes. All right. As soon as we start to blame somebody, we're putting ourselves in the role of a victim. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's not a useful place for any of us to live in. No. No, not at all. It's disempowering as well, isn't it? 
very disempowering. Oh, yeah. yeah. So if people want to remain in that role. I'm not the I'm not the person for them. <laughs> no, no, no. Quite, quite right. Yeah. What were you going to say, Lou? No, just touching on what you both said. Really, I think um, there's lots of little spheres and areas we can go into. I try and condense it down, really. Uh, but just continuing uh, on, yes, yeah, about that that responsibility in ourselves, and we can uh, and people to understand and um, um, their their own self and their own triggers and traumas, and how they can be around that. Because we're getting back into intimate relationships, and I think it also touches on what we've already talked about at the beginning about um, about compassion. Because I think a lot of people um, get into relationships thinking that the other person is there to meet their needs. Now that that's where the problem lies for me, you know, because. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people need to really understand what what actually love is. Actually, you know, if you, if you take uh, for me, this is only my own belief. Uh, you take love uh, and compassion on its purest form is just just a a bodily experience and energy. You know, uh, and that can be for me. I can feel that internal and externally. You know, out in its purest form. But I'll bring it back into to two um, two people in relationship. People. Um, there's two, if I can describe it as uh, just for this purpose now, there, there could be like two types of love in an intimate relationship. There, there, there's desired love and there's compassionate love. And the desired love is all about the other person meeting my needs, you know, be that sexually, compassionately, intellectually, et cetera. Uh, and the other one is just uh, compassionate love. Just condensing this down right now, just for an explanation, it's just that uh, you care for the other person's well-being just pure and simple, you know, because you see two people in relationship, what they can get into, especially in arguments is, uh, uh, well, you don't spend time with anymore. You don't do this for me any, anymore. Oh, is that right? Well, you don't do this. And, and, and this is again. So but where, where are they talking from? You're not meeting my needs. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. what, what, what I find beneficial uh, personally and professionally is even taking it to myself personally is actually getting a real sense of my own responsibility. Okay. So how am I feeling? What's, what's happening for me? Why am I feeling? Actually, I just feel quite lonely right now. I quite feel quite isolated and sad that the disconnections stopped. So it's best to express it from that place of my own understanding, saying, actually, I'm very vulnerable right now. And I feel quite lonely. And I said, now, if I'm feeling vulnerable, I'm sure you are. How can we come back together and reconnect? Mm. But a lot of people get really fastly caught up into my needs aren't being met, this person being met, and going back into the blame. But actually, yeah. we need to actually relearn to all these things we've been talking about, responsibility, self-compassion, understanding, reconnection, and community yeah. from that space and let, allowing the other person to know where we are and vice versa. And this is where I am. This is where you are. Okay, so how can we support each other along this difficulty for each other? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I was going to say. That's <laughs> lovely. That's huge. That's nice thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. A bit blown away by it, really. It's like, you know, how do we, how do we follow on from that, Tara Sundry? Have you got anything to... <laughs> I think it's what we're all saying, really. You know, we're just coming in from different different mm. ways of saying it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, no, totally. And that's where, you know, again, when I do the the Vedic readings of people, it, it just allows us to, to find okay, the gaps where perhaps your strength in supporting, being able to support this person and reconnect with them, you know, there's yeah. a gap where you, you've just flow naturally into it, you know, and they can, you know, a big gap where they can do this for you and, and it's just a natural part of who they are and, and what works 
easiest for them. And, and when you help them to do that, they will naturally reconnect. Um, I'm just going to say from my perspective, um, you mentioned uh, desire and, and I loved the way you explained that, but that's still, you know, well, where, where I teach people, because we do eventually evolve into uh, sometimes with some couples um, working with uh, more tantric connection. And, uh, and again, I'm going to say there's a bit of a, uh, well, I'm going to use the term misunderstanding, but it's probably partially intentional because sex sells, right? Um, sexualization of what tantra is, um, but um, in the Western understanding. But uh, we use that to help people connect as well because desire, it, desire still comes down to self. Mm. It's still a need for self where we, we just, uh, we need to express our vulnerability in order to, achieve that need mm, and what's more vulnerable than than getting naked with someone right mm, yeah 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 i get that i suppose leading on from what i said just now about um the desired love and compassion love like the desired love um can be sexual you know and, and it can be physical it can be other needs being met as well but what i'd like to say to people as well it's not wrong to have desire you know but in relationship, it's that you need to have a, a foundation of compassionate love with the desire sat on top, you know, because we've all got, I've got needs and we've all got needs. Um, but that's where the, but you need the compassionate love to have, uh, to have the foundation and you're going to get a much more stronger connection from that place in, in being together from that place. If you've got the desire as the foundation and the compassion on top, that's when it's going to be a bit more of a wobbling if you're just coming straight from yeah. those need to be met. You know, it's um, selfish. Yeah, so it can be called self-centered love, yeah. desired, yeah. etc. But um, but I agree with you, uh, Tara Sundry. There, it's uh, there is uh, there's nothing wrong with having desires, you know, and, and communicating those desires. Mm. But it's mm. also staying inclusive with your partner. Yeah, within that. There's two phrases, Tara Sondra. I wonder if you could just um, explain them. To two phrases that everybody listening may not be familiar with: tantra and kundalini. Would you mind just saying a little bit about those two things, just so that we we know what your your meaning when you use them? Um, so so uh, wow, kundalini. Um, I always have trouble when people ask me to explain it because oh, sorry. no, no, don't be sorry. It's just that to me, it's it, it's um, it. It incorporates so much. Right, yeah, it's, a big <laughs> um, it's kind of a big part of my world. Um, Kundalini and Tantra are very intertwined, um, and they're about working with um, our Kundalini is a form of um, yoga, right. but it also is an energy that exists within us. And Kundalini is uh, our rawest energy, our most potent form of energy. And also can be our sexual energy, but uh, because it's our life force, it's our creative energy. Uh, it sits right down in our our sexual chakras, um, but uh, it's not just our sexual energy. It is it is it is all about creation, uh, and it's the energy we use to create life, mm. uh, which is why it's our sexual energy. But it also, because it's the, our creative energy, it's our most potent form of energy, and we can transpose it for any purposes. And so in Kundalini, 
we in Kundalini Yoga and we learn tools to utilize that energy um, for our well-being mm. and to connect with it on a deeper level. And so, so using Tantra is one of those tools. And Tantra or Tantric energy <laughs> is Tantra is about connecting with self, with body, with energy, um, and then using that within our relationships, within our connections with others. Mm. Mm. Wow. Yeah, thank you for explaining that. Yeah, because um, I, th I think this could be a whole new different um, podcast just purely on this uh, terracentry mm -hmm. with all yeah, that because uh, th 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 there's so much, even for me, this it feels like a real big topic, you know, because there's so much energy within, you know, the, um, th this area, you know, and, um, you know, and, and real connection in energy uh, and absorption. So without going into I think th th there's so much we could talk about within that so maybe, so maybe we'll, we'll get back again at some point and just have a whole episode on that <laughs> yeah. every time we record a, a an episode of the podcast Tara Sandra, we always say oh there's a podcast in that because the conversation just evolves into more and more so yeah every time we do one we create a list of another five or six um episodes um, that's awesome because <laughs> yeah, me and that there would just be so much much to talk about just uh, for me just so much depth of connection and energy mm -hmm. and um yeah and, 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 and very soul-led um, yeah. spiritual stuff within that yeah. but anyway i'll leave that there because i think um, I, I would like to touch on another time to be continued that okay. way, yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah definitely yeah. I, mean, well, I, mean, I appreciate what you said uh Tarasandri, about um about vulnerability it's something that lee and i have spoken about in other episodes you know like uh, so much energy goes into avoiding vulnerability because it's deemed to be like a terrible scary awful awful thing or place to be and we've tried in previous episodes to kind of say you know well, actually it's not that bad no one dies from being vulnerable you know allowing themselves to be vulnerable um and so it's interesting to hear you talk about you know the vulnerability of being naked in like tantra work um and, and i can imagine there is huge benefits in that but I'm also imagining for people who've experienced some kind of you know sexual violation or something how that vulnerability could be almost beyond reach I don't know if you've experienced that in your in your work it's, I mean I don't you know people don't get naked in front of me or in front of others it's, it's just about I guess it was just a you know an expression of of referring to once we start to have intimate mm. relationships with others you know yeah, but even in that um, setting it can be difficult but totally Totally. And the thing is that, um, and this, sadly, it is those sort of traumas that shut down our, our vulnerabilities, shut down our capacity to open up to them. And that's where it's really important to work through them is because um, Brené Brown, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Brené oh, yes. Brown. I'm Bobby Brené. Yeah. Yeah. Right. She's, she's amazing because, she's, as she says, vulnerability is courage. Yeah. It's not a weakness, it's courage because it takes such courage to be vulnerable because we are we are having to confront mm. all of our traumas in order to show our vulnerabilities to someone. And we are opening ourselves to the possibility of rejection. Yeah. Which creates more trauma within, right? Yeah. So um vulnerability takes enormous courage. Um, and it's a big part of the work that I do is helping people to be vulnerable. Yeah. And that's that's where, where Tantra is very powerful. 
um, because it helps people to to be vulnerable again. And once they become vulnerable, once they're able to be vulnerable regardless of all the past traumas that they've experienced, once yeah. they're in a safe place to be vulnerable, we start with just simple little exercises, you know, between myself and them. Um, uh, once they're able to feel safe, that that vulnerability opens up a whole new realm to them because it is empowering and yeah. it does See, the reason people aren't being vulnerable is because they don't feel safe. Yeah. And safety is a need, right? And the one yeah. the other thing we really are here to do for our children is to make them feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so it's the same with other people. We all just need to be safe. That's our first thing. Everything we do is about being safe. It's just you know, a natural survival instinct for the ego. And so vulnerability, the reason people don't want it show their vulnerabilities is because they don't feel safe. Yeah. So all it's really about is bringing them back to feeling safe. Yeah, absolutely. And if you can allow them to feel safe, then they can allow themselves to be vulnerable. So we start with just little really simple things and then evolve into the bigger. And that is where they're then able, regardless of their traumas, once they start to realise that they're still safe, yeah. they can open up those vulnerabilities on more intimate and sexual levels as well. Absolutely. And that's the Yeah. So, so here's a question for you both. Do, do, you, do you think you can be intimate without vulnerability? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> it just came to you then, because for me, I, I'm not sure it's possible. You know, to have that real connection requires me, I think, to be vulnerable to some extent. So I was wondering if... You weren't expecting that, were you? No, but it's a great question. It's a great question because I do, I mean, it's what I deal with all the time. Um, no, I don't think you can be intimate oh, without vulnerability because it's intimacy, as we said, it's a heart-centred connection. Yeah. yeah. And our heart becomes closed when we're not yeah. being vulnerable. What about you, Lee? Can you have um, intimacy without vulnerability? Well, I know I won't want to. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, no, I think, um, no, I don't think so, because because uh, you know you know me quite well, Mark, as well, uh, emotional vulnerability is, is a, a, um, a big area that I like to work in with people, mm. et cetera. So it's uh, it is quite an important part, even for me, uh, personally. Um, but no, I, th I think the short answer is no, I don't think that we can be uh, intimate uh, without vulnerability. And if we are, it's just very, very superficial. And yeah. there's no depth to that. Um, so, so no, I don't think so. I don't, because, no. So the answer, I think the good answer is actually you can't, because if you're not really vulnerable with, 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 uh, in intimacy, you're not really being intimate or vulnerable. No. It's just all surface level. Yeah. You know, so, and there's no intimacy and depth within that. No. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, that, that question just literally came up, but I'm thinking it might help people, you know, who are struggling with intimacy to kind of explore their own relationship with vulnerability. Because, you know, like if they can't be vulnerable with themselves, they're not going to be able to have intimacy or connection with, with their partner or whoever, are they? So uh, might be a starting point for people. It's a bit like uh, just, just changing the mindset around it as well, uh, Terry. So just to remind what you said just now about uh, people, um, you know, um, you know, some people can see it as, or, or they get a, a belief system that, you know, uh, from, from, um, from their life experiences that it, it's a weakness to... To be mm. emotional, but uh, vulnerability. But actually, it takes real courage and strength to be vulnerable. 
Absolutely. Um, and if for many years, some for some people, many decades, that um, you've not been connected emotionally, especially when times are difficult, you've been running away from your yeah. emotional vulnerability, yeah. you know, naturally to be with it, take strength. So to just to turn it around, where's the real weakness and where's the real strength? Absolutely. Away from your emotions or actually empowering. To be with them. Oh, empowering. Yeah. yeah. Empowering takes strength, you know. It does. And, and, and in, in my experience, and I always find this because um, I've done individual work and I've um, and I've done group work and especially on group work when when, when we're having um, these discussions, actually it's the most beautiful thing mm. when when that energy in the room um and, and everybody's heart are open and they're emotionally connected and, and speaking from that place even if you're not speaking you can just feel just just feel a calm beautiful mm. energy yeah yeah oh. it's who we are at the core it's who we are yeah. it's that heart center connection yeah yeah we were we, we were born with all these connections it's the life yeah. experiences that have just chipped away or made us um, reclining and disconnect yeah. to, to to adapt our environments and to survive. And it's just about yeah. us once again, just uh, seeking the support and, and the help and, and having the courage to, to reconnect and become our authentic self again, Indeed. which is a beautiful thing. But we were, we were born absolutely hardwired for connection. Yeah. So it's what happened after that yeah. that scattered the, the pigeons a little bit. Teresa, Andrew, I'm aware of how late into the night this is. Have you got time for just a couple more quick questions before you retreat for your, your bed and much-needed sleep? Are you My okay? second half of sleep, yeah. Yeah, we've just got a couple more questions, if that's, if that's okay with you. So you've worked with the rich and famous. Do they actually struggle less than the rest of us? No. No. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask because, you know, like the fantasy could be, look, if only I was that wealthy or that famous or that well, you know, it, life would be okay. But maybe it's not the case. No, it's not the case. They have um, looked, it's really interesting. They, they, they can afford all the therapies under the sun, I guess, is the difference. But, but yeah. no, um, they have the same, they have the same traumas. Um, what I am going to say is, in fact, some of them, um, and I think this is probably the same in any area um, in which people are successful, are actually carrying immense amounts of trauma. Mm. And it's what it, their, their, dead, their degree of focus, which has mm. allowed them to be successful in what they do, is driven as a, they've shut down all the vulnerabilities. That's their protection. They focus on this one aspect that they're good at, and they put so much focus and and commitment to it that they don't need to to allow their vulnerabilities in, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, and so oftentimes that's what what uh, has actually got them to where they are in the first place. But in dealing with rich and famous, and and you know, obviously, I I can't give, give names. No, no, no. I didn't expect you to do that. No incredibly high caliber um and and what i'm going to say is that that we're all the same we're the same yeah. we're all hardwired for connection and at some point in time when their that connection is not there and when their traumas are bouncing off other people it comes it becomes a, a concern for them mm. and um the one thing i'm going to say is that they are probably the the easier people to deal with purely because they to get to where they are at 
or some of them are born, you know, like royalty are born into that. Mm. But but they're they're so focused and uh, dedicated to achieving a certain goal, a certain outcome. Yeah, driven, so motivated. Like, yeah, they they have that same degree of dedication and drive to self development, self growth. Once mm. they see that that is necessary. Not yeah. all of them see it necessary. Yeah. But those who do have that same degree of commitment and drive. So they're just like, what do I have to do? Give it yeah. to me. Give it to me. Yeah. Raw, hard. Yeah. yeah. I'll do let's it. lay out this plan and, and I will do it. Yeah. 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 That's good. And I'm, It doesn't I, matter how hard it is. <laughs> Whereas, I, mean, I, I wouldn't put myself in the category of, of rich and famous, but I've certainly been very well known. I've travelled across the world. Um, doing mediumship and, and demonstrations and that kind of work. And when I look back at all that now, you know, I've, I've worked in front of very large audiences. And when I look back at that now, actually, it was my need for intimacy and connection that was driving that work. Because there was something wonderful about the adoration of the audiences, you know, and the feedback and the offers of more work. But of course, at the same time, what, what it was actually doing was disconnecting me from intimacy, because it's really hard to have an intimate relationship with 500 people in an audience. Yeah, yeah. So actually, it was it was like some kind of misguided attempt to, to have connection, but actually it wasn't really working. And so I've kind of really... Yeah, sorry. I've really scaled down my work now, because realising that actually I'm not going to get that that kind of um, uh, connection or intimacy need met by traveling the world, working with large audiences, it's just not going to do it. So I don't no. Do anymore. No, you don't. You don't have. You don't have a support network around you of, of no. close friends and family. You don't have um, no. extracurricular activities in which you no. interact with other people. You, it's it's near impossible to have a, an intimate relationship. It's yeah. You just no level of intimacy. No, no, it's very lonely, you know. It sounds very glamorous, a, a month in Japan, you know, working all over Japan, but very lonely, actually, you know. In a going, back to, like going back to a hotel room on your own, you know. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's not, it's, there isn't connection or intimacy. No. There isn't. It's just, just loneliness and stress, I guess. And that's why I stopped doing it as well. You stopped doing yeah. it too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, amazing. The last question um, that we were going to put to you, Tara Sundry, is about your health retreats. You've spoken a bit about your Kundalini classes and what might happen in those, but what, what might happen if, if someone came on one of your health retreats? Can you tell us a bit about those? Yeah, well, um, and interestingly, I don't, um, I don't run set retreats every year. Right. I get an inspiration. It's like a calling and I go, oh, I need to do a retreat on this. And I just... It, it all flows because it's meant to be. Uh, um, and so uh, what might happen, it's very, uh, very based around, um, again, the yogic philosophies, kundalini philosophies, Vedic philosophies um, at my retreats. And um, they're very, very much about self-empowerment, mm -hmm. getting to know yourself on an intimate level. It doesn't really matter what um, focus the topic of the retreat is uh it always ends up coming down to understanding ourselves a little bit better on an yeah. intimate level yeah where are these are they are they in australia or online or both or could they be both. both yeah both, both yeah um so i have clients all over the world 
Um, and so they are, it's, it's really interesting because I'm currently talking with someone about doing some in person uh, in Canada. Right. Uh, but most of them, are, or certainly at the minute, they're all in Australia right. uh, or online. Uh, and I've had to stop doing online for the past year uh, just because of where I was living there. Um, we didn't have, I had only satellite and I was in the rainforest. It used to drop out all the time and it just, it wasn't working. So I've had a real break from it all, mm. uh, which, which is great. It's just allowed me to evolve uh, and uh, recreate what's going to come next. Wow, wonderful. Mm. And so if, if we did want to keep an eye on your your retreats, I guess most of our audience is likely to be kind of around the UK. So we'd probably be more interested in the online ones, unless somebody wants to travel to Australia, of course. How would, how would we find out about what, what you're doing and the possibility of joining a retreat? Honestly, the best way at this point in time is to, to connect with me on either good old Facebook or on social media, Facebook or Instagram. Okay. Uh, again, like I say, my whole uh, online uh profile has has not really been uh, very active this last year uh but uh when i get back uh, to mm. australia at the beginning of 2024 that will all change okay all right and we'll we'll pop your facebook details in the show notes around this podcast so we find you yeah. and the instagram is the kundalini woman okay yeah brilliant any final questions from you lee no, no questions. I just want to uh, thank you, Tara Sundry, for coming in. I found it um, uh, a very useful and a very beautiful uh, chat with you, actually. And mm. uh, yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And hopefully in 2024, we might have that uh, the other podcast in the other areas. So it'd be great, yeah, to, yeah. It'd be great be to have you back, actually. It would be lovely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've covered so much, haven't we? We have, yeah, it's been amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Thank you for having me. Honestly, it's it's been such a such a joy. Um, and I feel I, I do feel a connection, and we I guess it's something I want to say. So <coughs> we can it's a it's a fine line. We can be so disconnected in this world, in this online world, and yet we can connect mm. online. And that's Absolutely. what, you know, and this is, you know, this is, I never thought I'd run retreats online because I didn't, once upon a time, I didn't think, I thought it was the, you know, the online world was the whole perfect, the whole um, cause of our disconnect, but it's not. And we can create in amazing connections online and it's really beautiful to have been able to do that. So thank you. Um, yeah, I totally agree. You know, in, in what other way would two guys in Britain connect with an Australian who's in Canada. I mean, without the online world, that just wouldn't happen, would it? So so thank you so much for joining us from your hotel bathroom in the middle of the night. <laughs> so, so appreciated, honestly. I hope you get yeah, some next, next time we connect, I will double check the, uh, the time yeah, difference. The time difference, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be great. Well, thank you for joining us and thank you for listening to another episode of Your Authentic Self. Um, we'll be back again with another episode soon but in the meantime don't forget to hit the like um, and subscribe buttons depending on where you're accessing this and do share with your friends because it just helps us to reach many more people so until next time goodbye for now we appreciate you taking the time to listen to us today if anything you have heard has resonated with you you'd like to explore more or have found difficult you can get in touch with us our details are in the show notes below along with some other useful links 